2: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes everything.
1: Everything that we know about in the universe, all the stars, galaxies, gas, and dust out there—you, me, hamsters, hamsters, flamingos—it's all <laughs> made out of just three things. Yeah, that's crazy. You have all this
0: complexity, not because the world itself is complex. But the world is made out of a small number
1: of simple things, and it's the arrangement of that stuff that gives the complexity. It's just three things arranged in a bazillion different ways. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And this is Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, our podcast about the universe and everything in it.
0: In which we try to take the whole universe, break it into tiny pieces, and insert them
1: one at a time into your brain. Bit by bit. Today on the program, we're going to ask the question, what is the universe made out
0: of? Right. Sort of like, can you take the universe and break that into tiny bits? And how far can you go? And why do we even think that's possible? And why is it like that? And what are those tiny little bits? And why do they have such silly names? (laughs) And something I like to think about is, how long have people been asking this question? Yeah, clearly the Greeks thought about it. They wrote about it. You know, they had crazy ideas that were totally off base. But yeah, they thought about it to them. It was an important question.
1: Yeah. And even before that, I was reading, you know, uh, ancient cultures, even before the Greeks had this question and they had ideas about what the the things were made out of.
0: Well, I wonder, you know, like the folks, for example, who did those cave paintings in France 35,000 years ago, they Mm -hmm. were capable of symbolic thinking, probably logic, definitely music did they have these deep questions about this world they found themselves in that made little sense to them?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's crazy just to think about why even ask the question. Like, what makes us think that the universe is made out of stuff? You know, like, what does it mean to even ask that question?
0: Yeah, I think it comes from a desire to organize. Like, you see Mm. stuff around you, right? I mean, you see logs and water and air and people, and you notice all this stuff. And then you might wonder, like, well... This stuff is kind of like that other stuff. And is there some way I can organize it, right? Yeah. So I think the first principle there is like looking for patterns,
1: looking for for um, for reasons the why you can understand why this stuff is here. Yeah. And can I like take some of this and mix it with some of that and get something new or something different? Yeah, it's a sort of a natural idea. But as usual, we went out into the street and we asked uh, you. We asked you, what do you think the universe is made out of? Uh, the deepest level of matter so far. Here's what you had to say. Uh, what is everything made out of at
0: the smallest scale?
1: Uh... <laughs> On the smallest scale? Mm-hmm. I think electrons are the smallest that I know of.
3: I haven't taken physics since, like, junior year. Well, I guess from my classes, it would be, like, the atoms. Atoms? Is it atoms? Um, it's made out of quarks and stuff, right? The quarks? Oh, frick. I feel like I should know this. I'm a chem major.
1: All right, I think we got our answer. I think we're done with this podcast. It's atoms, basically. <laughs> atoms and maybe something else. Yeah, Everybody seems to know about the atom. I think basically everyone's physics education stops at high school, basically. Most people, unless you go on <laughs> to study physics, it's like high school physics, what you remember is atoms. <laughs>
0: but that's not even physics, man. That's chemistry. Atoms are chemistry, how they interact and stuff. But it's fascinating that one of the deepest questions in physics, right, what is the universe made out of? Is mostly
1: answered so far by chemistry. Like most of the progress we've made is chemistry. Well, chemistry used to be kind of physics, right? I mean, it used to all just be natural sciences, right? It, like these distinctions are kind of recent.
0: Yeah. I mean, it all used to be philosophy, right? All of it grew mm. out of philosophy.
1: <laughs> That's right. Oh, it all used just used to be thinking. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, like love of thinking. What's
0: your job, Dad? Oh, I'm a thinker. I'm yeah. a lover of I just sit the thinking. And think all day. Yeah. So, but I think it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, a huge part of the answer to this question, what is the world made out of, is answered by what people said, atoms, you know, that yeah. you can even take the stuff around you and break it into a fairly small number of bits that explain
1: all of it. Right. And this idea, kind of, like you said, it goes back to the Greeks. Like the Greeks posited, they wondered, like, is everything made out of tiny little bits?
0: Yeah. I think that gives the Greeks way too much credit, I mean, I think credit. there was a Greek. Uh-huh. Democritus, who had a lot of ideas, one of which was this one, which happened to be correct. Um, I think he had a lot of other crazy ideas which were not correct. And it's oh. not like this idea was, you know, took the Greeks by storm and had a, a lot of consensus, you know, sort of like if a thousand monkeys are typing on, a, on typewriters, one of them will predict a correct theory of physics. And you could look back later and say,
1: wow, this monkey was a genius. But that doesn't make all monkeys geniuses.
0: I'm saying they kind of sprayed a lot of intellectual ideas at the board there, you know, and yeah, one of them stuck and turned out to be sort of true, but it doesn't mean they necessarily need to get credit for it.
1: But they sort of try to categorize these little bits, right? Like they had ideas that there were five or four kinds of stuff that the rest of the stuff was made of, right? Like earth, air, water, fire.
0: And I think that those were really two separate ideas that now we've kind of combined. I mean, one idea was there's a few basic kinds of stuff, and everything mm. is made out of those, right? right? That's a really fascinating idea. The other idea that everything is made out of small pieces—you know, atoms, bits of
1: stuff—that's a totally different idea. Like stuff can be made out of a small number of other stuff, like earth, fire, wind, but those things don't necessarily need to be in little bits.
0: Yeah, they could be. You know, earth and fire and water could be um, elemental. You know, on mm. the, on their own, they could be. It can't be divided into little pieces. They could be like. Sp- perfectly smooth, no matter how much you zoom in, they could always just be themselves, right?
2: There's this
0: other idea that if you zoom in on stuff, it turns out it's made out of little building blocks. That's a different idea. Oh, And now we have kind of both of them, right? We have both of them. We're like, oh, it turns out stuff is made out of little building blocks, and
1: there's a few kinds of them. Right. But I guess the question is, what is that building block? Our thinking as a species has evolved on that, right? Like maybe we used to think we were made out of little bits of dust, and then we got smaller into atoms. And we've been getting smaller and smaller, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's incredible, as as I was saying earlier, and I can't stop talking about this because I think it's underrated as a sort of human intellectual achievement that you can boil down everything you've ever eaten or sat on or tripped over or or any human has ever interacted with in terms of just the atoms, right? The 100 basic building blocks. I mean, you go from like, almost infinite complexity down to just a hundred things. It,
1: it blows my mind that that's even possible. Like, why does the universe work that way, right? Right. And if you need a reminder of, of your high school physics, so atoms are the ones in the periodic table of elements, like carbon, iron, oxygen. Those are atoms. Yeah. And not that long ago, people thought that like, that's, the, that's the universe. Everything you see is made out of these hundred little things.
0: Right, yeah. And as impressive as that was, right, um, I think some people were wondering, why are there these patterns, right? Like, yeah, you have these hundred basic things, and maybe that's it, but maybe there are things inside those. Like, maybe those things are made out of even smaller things. Right. And the clues we had there is that the, if you look at the periodic table of the elements, it's not just a hundred different things that are totally separate from each other. There are patterns. Like, right. things near each other in the periodic table act in similar ways, which suggests that they're made out of some smaller bits and that small changes in how you assemble them make different atoms
1: right it's like they had all these different elements and then they started to characterize their properties they started to like measure how they reacted to different things and how much they weighed and it turned out to their surprise that you can put them like on a table you can order them in a certain way
0: yeah and i, I love when a huge advance in science comes from something as basic as like how you write it on a piece of paper The first person to make the periodic table is like, let's organize our knowledge in this way. Oh my gosh. That makes this obvious that there's a gap here and that there's a pattern here, right? Yeah. Sometimes notation or just the way you write things can lead to huge advances. Right. And I think that's just an extension of what we were talking about earlier, right? You know, why did people even ever wonder how the universe was made? It's because they looked at stuff and they wanted to understand it and they looked for patterns and they organized it and then they wondered, you know, these things are similar. It's the same logic that you just described applied to the periodic table. Uh You know, these things are gases and they're active and these things are really inactive and these guys are metallic and all that stuff. Why are there those patterns? Why are these things similar to each other and different from others?
1: Because patterns tell you that there are rules, right? Like there's some kind of underlying order,
0: we certainly hope so. Otherwise, physics would be impossible. Um, and yeah, patterns are the clues, right? So like, why is this like this? It could have been different. So why is it in this way? Why are these things all similar and they're all different from those things or the opposite of those things? Right. And then you use those patterns as, as clues, as, as hints
1: right. to say,
0: you know, what could be inside here?
1: What's making these things act in this way? Like that's the goal of science, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it could just be there is no answer. It is just <laughs> the way it is, right? That's, that's possible. Oh. You know, At some point, we could run up against the wall and we said, like, the universe is this way and there is no explanation. And some oh. people like that. I think that's a cop-out.
1: Like, we could have stopped at the periodic table and be like, okay, that's it. The universe is made out of these hundred things and that's all we know.
0: Yeah, and nobody asks any more questions. Shh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that doesn't <laughs> seem to be very scientific, you know. Um, oh. I don't know if you know about the anthropic principle. But um, that's the kind of argument behind the anthropic principle. You know, that the universe is the way it is and some things are just randomly set and um, there's no point in asking any more questions. So go away, please. Slam. Oh, I see. But I feel like, what's the point of science? It's to look for explanations. So never give up, right? Just keep looking. And and eventually you're going to find the the reason. And we did that. And turns out everything in the periodic table is made out of smaller bits. And and not just that, but the complexity goes down, right? You, right, right. You can explain all the crazy stuff in your environment, the huge numbers of things in terms of just 100 building blocks. You can explain those 100 building blocks in terms of a smaller number of smaller particles, not a larger number.
1: But that that wasn't necessarily the case, right? Like, what helped scientists at the time think that there was such a thing as atoms? Like, that there was a minimal bit of the stuff we call carbon?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And again, the answer is chemistry. Mm. People were noticing... Oh, if you mix these things together, you need equal proportions of this. Or this happens in ratios of three to two. And
3: and oh. so a guy named Dalton,
0: who came up with this idea, he's like, hmm. Turns out that there are these exact ratios, and so it made sense then that things were made out of these tiny pieces that they were then reorganizing and fitting together. Interesting. So that was the first indirect piece of evidence.
1: Because, like, if carbon was, let's say, infinitely divisible, you wouldn't have these kind of exact mm-hmm. ratios in chemical reactions, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You could mix it with something else. And you just get a blend. Like you need the idea of a unit of this stuff in order to explain these ratios in, in chemical reactions. Yeah, wow. exactly. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Uh, yeah, so That was the first clue. And then people discovered the first particles. Um, it was actually with J.J. Thompson. He discovered the electron. Um, he was looking at cathode ray tubes. Which at the time was just this weird thing. Cathode ray tubes are what used to be in televisions. Mm-hmm. They shoot these uh, electrons from one, one side to the other and they would make these glowing like rays inside them. And at the time it was just like this weird effect people would show in, in side shows and you know, magic shows and stuff. Nobody understood it. But he started looking into it and he discovered oh, these rays are actually made out of tiny little particles. Um, yeah. He called them, he didn't call them particles though, he called them corpuscules. Gorgeous. And I'm really glad that that name did not stick because it's ugly and hard to say.
1: <laughs> we should just go back to that. I mean, why, why, why wouldn't you want to be a course? course? corpuscule physics. Because
0: you can't even say it, and that's exactly why. You see, it's a mouthful, isn't it? One of my favorite things about that discovery, though, is that he discovered this one particle, Mm -hmm. and then immediately he thought, maybe everything in the world is built out of my corpuscules. He, like, generalized to infinity. He's like, oh, I found one particle? This is the particle that answers all the questions, right? of course, not everything is built out of electrons.
1: I guess why wouldn't he make that leap, right? Like, Why would some things be made out of little things and why would some other things not be made out of little things.
0: Yeah, well, he I guess he couldn't imagine that there might be other kinds of particles out there also. Wow. And he was hoping that his discovery was at the root of all knowledge, right? Which I guess is part of the scientific fantasy for everybody, so we can forgive it. And, you know, he is the first guy to discover a particle, so, you know, credit to
1: him. So he, uh, he thought, well, what if everything's made out of little things? And then we had the periodic table, and then we ordered it, and we got the table and then people started noticing patterns. And that's when people thought maybe these things are made out of something else.
0: Yeah, that started to be a pretty compelling idea because you have all these elements of periodic table. They're organized in that way. They nicely slot into the periodic table that way. And um, and then people started busting the atoms open to see what's inside. Oh. And it was Rutherford who first did that. He's like, let's shoot a beam of radiation at some some matter and see what comes out. And so he was the first one to really break the atom open, and and to see that there was that the atom it wasn't just like a continuous blob that had a hard center, this nucleus of um, uh, something
1: inside of it. Oh, this is the um, what is it? The gold X-ray experiment? Gold
0: foil, gold foil. So he yeah. shot radiation at a really thin sheet of gold foil, and he figured it would just go right through, and he was going to measure like you know how much it got bent, or whatever. But occasionally, when he shot it at the gold foil, um, some radiation would bounce right back directly back. And he said famously that it's like shooting a bullet at a piece of tissue paper and having it reflect back in your face. Right. Um. It made no sense if you thought of the tissue as just like smooth and continuous. It made a lot more sense if you thought of it as like a chain link fence, right? A bunch of um, really condensed little points with big gaps in between. And occasionally you hit one of those points.
1: And that's when we realized that matter is not continuous like a jelly, but actually like little dots that are kind of arranged together, right? There are these little dots and and the atom itself it has this tiny little hard core the nucleus atoms are hard core
0: <laughs> I, <can't believe laughs> I totally set you up for that joke right. without even realizing
1: it i'm glad we don't live in a soft core world you know <laughs> now we're um, now we're veering into um not safer chemistry <laughs> not safer chemistry on that note let's take a quick break
2: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: So that's kind of amazing that they came up with this idea of the atomic nucleus and protons and electrons without actually like seeing this stuff, right? Just from seeing the effects of it in experiments.
0: Yeah, but that was the last time you could really see things. I mean, when you talk about like visualizing, these things are so tiny, so small, that they're really impossible to see directly in any sort of way. And the only kind of seeing you can do is indirect, right? You Mm -hmm. have like an idea of what it looks like, you do an experiment, you think about the result of the experiment based if if your idea is correct, and you see the results. So even today when we're smashing protons together uh, at the Large Hadron Collider we have these huge detectors that take pictures of the collisions but we can't see the particles directly we right. you know they're they're too small and things happen too fast and so direct imaging is is all but impossible at this scale.
1: Hmm. But these days we
0: can see atoms, right? Yeah, but it depends what you mean by seeing, right? Hmm. You need um to see an atom you need to bounce electrons off of it in order to see its shape. And so that's is that really seeing? I mean You're again. You're using. You're bouncing particles off of it. You're making measurements, and you're translating that into an image later. I don't know if you know if that really counts as seeing, but that's a whole
1: Mm, different philosophical discussion. They're smaller than the the wavelength of light, so it's hard to say you're seeing it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's reasonable to say you're seeing it, but it requires you expand slightly your whole definition of what it means to see something.
1: Okay, so well, let's break it down for the listener then. So everything around you, the universe that you can see and touch and smell, is made out of atoms and atoms are made out of uh, an atomic nuclei with electrons flying around it, and then the nucleus is made out of more things, right?
0: Right, exactly. So the atoms are made out of protons and neutrons and electrons, protons and neutrons in the nucleus. The electrons, we think, so far, are just made of themselves. There's nothing inside the electron. The electrons are just tiny dots, um, as far as we know. Now, we could be wrong, we probably are wrong, but as far as we know, electrons are not made out of anything else. Hmm. Inside the nucleus, however the proton and the neutron. These, we already know, are made out of tinier stuff. And so the proton and the neutron are both made out of quarks. And there's two kinds of quarks that you need to make the proton and the neutron. Mm -hmm. There's the up quark and the down quark. Take two up quarks and a down, and you get a proton, or two down quarks and an up, and you get a neutron.
1: How do we know electrons are not made out of smaller things? Maybe like electron quarks or something.
0: Yeah, a little electronitos or something. Yeah. Well, we don't know. All we can say is that we've tried to look inside them and we haven't seen anything yet.
1: I mean, like, how would, you even, how would you even look inside of an electron?
0: The same way we looked inside the atom and saw that it had a nucleus, right? We saw that it was made out of smaller pieces. You shoot particles at it and you try to resolve some structure. You say, oh, if I shoot at this part of the electron, it bounces straight back. And if I shoot at this part, it goes right through. And oh. so then you can tell that the electron has some structure to it. You, like, poke it. Yeah. But in order to see that structure, you have to poke it with a fine enough needle, which means a high enough energy particle. And so far... So far. Tune in next week for the <laughs> final story of the electron, right? Um, so far, we haven't been able to break the electron into pieces or to use a, a needle that's fine enough to understand that there's more stuff here in the electron than there. So far, we, it only looks like a point to us. You know, imagine you have, um, you're looking at the Earth, from space, right, using Google Earth. You know, can you tell that a town is made out of tiny houses? Well, you keep zooming in and zooming in. And as long mm. as you have more resolution, you can see, oh, the town is made of houses and houses made of rooms, and rooms are made of furniture. Uh, but that's only if you actually have that resolution. So for the electron, we've zoomed in as far as we can and we can't see anything smaller. But we haven't zoomed in all the
1: way, right? We can build bigger colliders and and zoom in further and maybe we'll find something. Like you zoom in and it still acts like like just one thing. Exactly, There's no weirdness about the way it acts at different scales. Like there's no texture there.
0: That's right. There's no texture to the electron so far. Right. Exactly. But that's that's purely limited by how powerful our microscopes are, how powerful our particle accelerators are, which are modern day microscopes
1: but for the proton and the neutron there is texture there like there's actually little bits inside of it that you can see
0: yeah exactly and we br- we can break them up and we can interact with those little bits and we can measure them and study them right. and so those are up quarks and down quarks and we right. know that if you re- if you arrange up quarks and down quarks in one way you get a proton you arrange another way you get a neutron and so that means that everything in the periodic table can be made out of up quarks down quarks and electrons right uh-huh. so a mixtures of those three things make every atom which makes anything that anybody's ever eaten it's to me it's incredible that all right. this complexity of stuff around us can be described in just three
1: particles so why do we even still talk about protons i mean a proton is just you're saying it's just the word for arrangement a of these two quarks and a neutron is just arrangement number b of the quarks you know Yeah, well, sometimes arrangements can be interesting.
0: For example, Jorge is a particular arrangement of protons and neutrons in Pasadena, right? Um, I think you'd like to be referred to as Jorge and not individually talk to your protons, right? Yeah. Don't talk to my protons. Talk to me like I'm a person.
1: Eyes up here. Eyes up here, Daniel.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, it turns out that the quarks are not just like, hanging out near each other and we call it a proton. Mm. They are tightly bound together. They are held really firmly together. They move like a single thing. So unless you have a huge amount of energy to look inside, to zoom in, to see that texture, to break it up, you're just going to see a proton as a proton, even if it's made out of three quarks. It's like three tiny Lego pieces jammed together so hard that you need an expert to pry them apart.
1: Well, this is a perfect point to take a break.
2: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: But yeah, that's a really cool point you were making just, just now, which is that everything that we know about in the universe is just three things arranged in a bazillion different ways. That's all we are. We're just electrons, up quarks, and down
3: quarks. Yeah,
0: it's all about the arrangements. And, you know, there's a lot of information in the arrangements. You know, if I rearranged all of your particles into just a a puddle on the floor, you would not be the same person. So who you are is your arrangements. You know, it's not just the elements that make you. You know, I like to joke with my friends that if you asked a particle physicist to write a cookbook, it would only have three ingredients in every single recipe, right? (laughs) Up quarks, down quarks, and electrons. And
1: every recipe would just say mix.
0: <laughs> no, that's exactly the point. And all the hard work is in the arrangements, right? Who you are is not just up quarks, down quarks, and electrons. It's your particular arrangement of those and assembling those and into the particular thing that makes you you, right? Wow. And so that's the answer is that the things that we see around us in the universe are not defined by the particles that make them up, but by the arrangements of those particles. And so if the whole goal of particle physics or asking this question is to get some deep insight into the universe, then that's it, you know, that the universe, um, that the complexity in the universe comes from
1: arrangements. That's fascinating to me. Well, I feel like this point is, is kind of maybe hard to grasp. So I was just thinking that um, maybe the way to really grasp it is that imagine if it wasn't just three particles. Let let's say everything in the universe was made out of just one particle, like particle Bob, and everything <laughs> you, me, televisions. Like imagine if it was just one particle, and everything you see around you was just different arrangements of Bob. You know, and, and that might
0: still be the case, right? We could discover that the electron, the up quark, and the down quark. And all the other particles, which, by the way, we haven't even talked about yet, Uh, are made out of one kind of tiniest little
1: particle. That could be the answer. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that different from three, right? Like, three is still fascinating. Like, it's not just Bob. It's like Bob, Sue, and Mary. Everything you know is just Bob, (laughs) Sue, and Mary doing different things. And then you get this incredible, amazing complexity, right?
0: Yeah. And as you say, it could have been different. It could have been that everything is made out of its own thing. And either that it was made out of particles or not. You know, you could have a world where every kind of thing, every kind of person is made out of a different kind of particles. You know, you have like tree particles and air particles and cat particles. And that's why cats are so weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a huge clue about the universe. You know, that the universe at its core is kind of simple. And to me, that gives me a lot of motivation. It tells me we can understand it. It can be boiled down into a simple explanation. Wow. It'd be disappointing if, you know, if you said... Oh, I want to understand the whole universe. And the explanation for the universe was like a 5 million page long document uh-huh. that had to describe all these complicated things. It's just Bob, Sue,
1: Barry, Mix.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's all sort of emergent phenomena, right? It's the consequences of this small set of rules. It's like the game Go, right? Uh-huh. I love that game because there's a very small number of pieces, just black and white. And there's a very small number of rules for how you play. But the number of games you can play is incredible. It's much more complicated than chess. Right. And, uh, and all of the gameplay, all the complexity arises from how you arrange the pieces on the board. Right. Not from having like a million different kinds of pieces and special rules and cards you can draw.
1: I think you should talk to all physicists like the uh, American Physical Society or the World Physics uh-huh. Congress and just convince them to rename the electron, the up quark, and the down quark Bob, <laughs> Sue, and Mary. Like I feel like that would have a <laughs> tremendous impact on like people's understanding.
0: The point you make is interesting because it seems like it hasn't seeped into everyday knowledge. Like the people we talked to on the street, everybody knew about atoms. Right. They all knew about atoms. But almost nobody could even name the kind of particles that was inside the atom or anything deeper than that. That's what I'm saying, yes. You're saying it's a marketing failure.
1: It's a branding problem. Right. <laughs> Bob, Sue, and Mary. And I bet in three years you'd ask people on the street, what is the universe made of? And people would be like, Bob, Sue, and Mary.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And then you would get a one-cent royalty every time that happened. Right? <laughs> that's really your, that's your secret plan here.
1: 2018, everything is branding. So that's where we are as a human species, right? First, we didn't know what things were made up. Then we made up stuff like earth, fire, and wind. And then we figured out atoms, electrons, protons, and that's what we're down to. And you're saying there could be more. We could still break things down possibly even further.
0: That's right. And as far as we know, the up quark, the down quark, and the electron are not made of anything smaller. As far as we know. But that's only because we have limited capacity to look. You know, our our little zoom-in knob is maxed out and we haven't seen anything yet. But we have lots of hints that probably they are made out of something smaller. And those hints are just like the hints we had when we were looking at the periodic table 100 years ago. Or when people were just looking at stuff around them 1,000 years ago.
1: Oh, you mean like there's a pattern between Bob, Sue, and Mary, you're saying? Like there's suspiciously something going on there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of unexplained patterns and phenomena that we don't understand. And one of our greatest strategies for figuring out what's inside up-quark, down-quark, and electron is expanding the table, is saying like let's make a new periodic table, this time of the fundamental particles, Mm -hmm. because there are other kinds of particles out there. It's not just the up-quark, the down-quark, and the electron. When we smash particles together, sometimes we make other kinds of quarks and other kinds of electrons.
1: You mean like sometimes a Peter will pop out, or a Fred will pop out.
0: Yeah, or a Fat Albert or something (laughs) like that. Exactly, because some of these particles are big and heavy.
1: Oh, I see. But you only need Bob, Sue to make stuff, but there are other particles out there.
0: Yeah. So one question is, what is the stuff around us made out of? That's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, up quark, down quark electron. Another question is, what kinds of stuff can there be, right? Because oh. remember, we're 14 billion years into the universe when the universe is kind of cold and dispersed and everything is spread out a lot earlier, you know, when things were hot and dense, it could have been that other kinds of stuff was dominant, that there was enough energy to make heavier particles, and they were flying around all the time. And so we don't just want an answer for today, you know, we want an answer for a general answer, one that tells us deep things about the universe itself, not just what is it like
1: now. Mm, You mean back then when things were more hardcore? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What you're saying is that right now, everything's made out of Bob, Sue, and Mary, but maybe at some point in the universe... Things were made out of other kinds of particles.
0: Yeah, maybe the particles up quark, down quark, and electron or Bob, Sue, and Mary weren't as common, and uh-huh. more common were other particles um, that we can create now in particle colliders and study to get a clues to like what the possibilities are. Wow! And so that's the strategy: is like let's try to make all the different kind of particles that are possible, uh-huh. and that gives us a better handle on the patterns. You know, you can uh-huh. see more of the pattern. You're like putting together the weave and you get more and more stitches and you get an idea for how it's fitting together. Right. And that gives you more clues to figure out like what could be underlying all of that.
1: Meaning like maybe we'll find out that Bob Sue, and Mary are made out of even smaller things like Tito, Ari, and and Sven. <laughs> <laughs> Sven okay. Yeah. If I, if you had to
0: ask me, I'm almost positive, uh-huh. that these particles we know of are made of smaller ones, that
1: this is not the final answer. That's your bet. That's your. That's what you you think.
0: Absolutely. Uh- I mean, it's just at the limit of current resolution. It's like, you know, J.J. Thompson saying, everything's made out of what I know. Everything's made out of the electron. It's it's ridiculous. It's so much hubris to say, we found the answer and we're probably done. Wow. There's so many unexplained patterns. And, you know, we can get into that in a whole other podcast episode about all these hints and the new particles that might be out there. Mm. But it just doesn't make sense to me if this is the final story.
1: Well, I guess we'll find out what um, physicists can do it, you know? We'll find out what what kind of stuff they're made out of.
0: Oh, physicists, we can do it.
1: <laughs> You're made out of the right stuff. <laughs> that's right, yeah.
0: Yeah, And so that's why we're trying to tear these particles apart to see even deeper. And, wow. you know, what would it mean if the universe was made out of one kind of thing? Well, that would tell you something really fundamental. That would say, like, Look, this is the basic element of reality. Wow. And everything else that's around you, that's an emergent phenomenon. That's just like a way to organize or arrange stuff. You know, it's like hurricanes and blenders. They're not basic elements of the universe, they just happen to be arrangements of basic elements. Uh. And we want to know what's at the core, you know, what defines the nature of reality itself. And so that's the sort of the long term journey we're on. And, you know, we're pretty far along it, but we have no idea what fraction of the way we have yet to go, you know? Yeah. Are there five more layers of particles? Are there a thousand more layers of particles? Is there just one more layer of particle?
1: We don't know. It would be amazing to um one day look at your neighbor, you know, or people across the world and just say to them like, Hey, you and I we're made of the same thing. We're made out of this one <laughs> thing. That's right. All right, well, uh, thank you very much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and thanks to all the up quarks, down quarks, and
1: electrons inside you. And if you're called Bob's, you are merry, we're sorry. <laughs> and we don't owe you any money. <laughs> and or, you're welcome. <laughs>
0: A question You wish we would cover? Send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, one word, or email us to feedback at DanielandJorge.com. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.